0: Bible reading this evening is in two parts. Um, It's on page 1002, and we're starting in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 20. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And we're now going to go to chapter 2, verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners.
1: Thanks, Fiona, for uh, reading for us. I Keep, uh, keep Mark open uh, in front of you if you got it there. I'm move this. Uh, and let me lead us in a prayer as we come to think about, um, come to think about these words. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you very much uh, that in your great kindness you've chosen to speak to us. And you've given us words that we can uh, refer to and hear your voice through. Uh, please would you help us to hear what you're saying as we think together on this Vision Sunday and cause us to hear in such a way that it will draw us closer to the Lord Jesus, to loving and trusting him. And we ask in his name. Amen. Um, Now, this is a picture of my wee car, I think, it's going to come off on the screen. Um, It's a good wee car. Uh, And um, if you were to squint your eyes very hard, you might see my wee wifey in the passenger seat as well. And she's a good wee wifey. Um, But anyway, it's the car we're looking at. Uh, And I was thinking, once a year, I mentioned this this morning as well, it takes a pause from all the journeys it goes on, and it goes for an MOT. And you know what that stands for, that's kind of Ministry of Transport. Uh, test I think and uh, just to give it a bit of a check it's kind of a health check for your car isn't it and because it's quite a good car it's a bit scraped and bashed it's scraped on the wall uh, coming into the car park out there uh, last year it's got some scrapes but it runs really well so usually most of the time and when it comes back from the MOT, they say it's all fine um, you might need to watch this or there's a tire that needs change but it's all right to keep going uh, for the next year it's had its, its check now that's my car That's one thing. This, next picture, this is our church family, isn't it? All sorts of different things. Uh, And this is a Sunday where we pause for a kind of MOT on our church uh, family. So if you're visiting with us and you've joined us today for the first time, it seems a bit strange. We don't do this every week, but that's just at this point in the year. So we're pausing for a kind of MOT, not so much a ministry of transport test, more of a how are we moving on together. That's, that's what we're thinking about. That's our MOT. You can see what I've done there, isn't it? It sort of fits. But just as we do that, here, here's a question. Evening service, we've got a little bit more space uh, to do things in. Uh, we've got a little bit more time. So if I was to ask the question, what comes to mind when you think of church? Or if somebody asked you, what's your church like, um, what might you say? Just take a couple of minutes. Somebody's sitting nearby, you can talk about that. If you want to just sit quietly, do that. But why, why not just turn and chat with, with somebody nearby? Uh, what comes to mind when you think of church? Or if somebody asks you, what's your church like? What kind of things might you say? A couple of minutes. Uh, Let me break back in there. I'm I'm not going to put anyone on the spot. I I could imagine all sorts of things could come uh, to mind. When I was younger, I used to think poetry was rubbish. I had no time for it at all. The older I've got, the more I think poets sometimes have a way of capturing thoughts and ideas with an economy of words. Um, I came across this from the American writer Wendell, I think his name's Wendell Berry. He he said this, the gathered community, see what you make of it. The gathered community, the, the church talking about imperfect and irresolute but held together by the frayed and fraying a community always disappointed in itself disappointing its members always failing yet always persevering somehow perfected beyond time perfected by grace you just think there's all sorts of stuff in that you hear that sense of the church family it's not perfect and sometimes it feels unsure The frayed and the fraying, I just find that really evocative image, the frayed and the fraying, that is us. That's what he's kind of captured there. And some of us, I know this even tonight, some of us feel that more acutely at the moment. We we feel like the the threads of our lives are being being pulled out. And we're expected still to, in a a gathered community like this, to to hold together. It's, It's the frayed and the fraying and they're being, uh, are holding things together, The the people who seem to make it up, often we look like we're falling apart. And yet, and yet, somehow it keeps going. And yet, somehow, even those very people who seem at times to be the most frayed and the most fraying are the ones who serve you. And bless you and encourage you. And it almost seems to be there is a hand, a gracious hand, outside of it. Outside even of this world, in a sense, that has taken hold and keeps it together. And leads it on. And Mark, uh, Mark, who's, who's written this account of Jesus' life, would say, I think, yeah, that's true. And the hand belongs to the Lord Jesus. And that's encouraging for us as we think as a church family, about the year ahead and moving on together. As you get into Mark, it's striking that after Jesus is introduced, you hear him if you just look at it, and after Jesus has been introduced in Mark, and we heard about that a couple of weeks ago, in chapter 1, verse 17, there's a call. We hear him call people to follow him. That's what happens. It's almost the first thing. Jesus comes on the scene and he says to people, follow me. And then immediately what happens after that is we're taken on a journey. It's almost as if Mark's anticipating us sitting listening to this or reading this and thinking, well, it was all right for them. It was all right for those fishermen at the beginning or or Levi, the tax collector, when Jesus said, follow me, because they were there and they could see him. How are we meant to follow him? And Mark anticipates that. And so he he kind of takes us on a little journey uh, with Jesus. And it's as if he's saying, look, come and I'll show you. You can come on a journey with him too. Do you see how the journey works? Chapter 1, verse 16. I know some of you were here this morning, so it's a bit of a repeat. For those of you who went, chapter 1, verse 16, where is Jesus? You can shout out if you want to. Otherwise, it would just be my voice all the time. Where's Jesus? He's at the lakeside. That's right. Here's the journey. Here's the first step. He goes right up here. Mark says, come with Jesus. We're up by the lakeside, and we're right up here. Where does he go next in chapter 1, verse 21? Where's the next place he goes to? Is that right? I've not got my glasses, so I can't see verse 21. Where is he? Capernaum. That's right. Well done. Good pronunciation as well. The journey continues. We're traveling around with Jesus. We're right up here. You can look back over your shoulders right up to Capernaum. And then let me just, I've got to look far away uh, to get to the next bit. Uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 39 is, where does he go next? He goes out into the whole region of Galaxy. there's a little journey Mark's put in here. Here's the journey. Let me just run over here. It's all very exciting. It's like challenge Annika or whatever it was back in the day following around so he's up into the whole region of Galilee travels around there Lizzie this is very exciting isn't it chapter 2 verse 1 where does he come back to again back to Capernaum here's the journey oh I'm so energetic he's back there's the journey back round to Capernaum and then chapter 2 verse 13 where does he head back to the lakeside. It's interesting that, if you've never seen it before. Here's the journey. Jesus has just called people to follow him. And you're wondering, well, what does following him look like? And Mark says, let's go on a journey. Let's join with Jesus and follow him. As he, I'm, not, I'm not getting any better at this. As he goes from the lakeside to Capernaum to Galilee, Back to Capernaum and back to the lakeside. And those two times at the lakeside, he's calling people to follow him. And it's almost like they're bookends, if you like. And he's saying everything in between these two bookends. If you want to know what following Jesus is all about, have a look inside these two bookends. And you'll get an idea of what following him is all about. And let me just mention two brief things about what following Jesus will involve. What does he do in this journey? Uh, We'll see more in the coming weeks, but briefly, on those two occasions in Capernaum, what do you see him doing? The first time he's there, he's teaching people. And people are saying, we've never heard anything like this before. And the second time he comes to Capernaum, uh, he's forgiving people. And people are saying, we've never seen anything like this before. You want to move on with Jesus. You want to follow him. Here's what Mark is showing us. He's the savior we're forgiven by. And he's the Lord we're to learn from. That's how we're going to move on together. And it's not always easy, the moving on together. You'll see it here in Mark. Again, we'll we'll come back to this over the next few weeks. But if you want to look, if you've got a Bible open, you want to look at just a a couple of points in this story, even bits that we've not read. In in chapter 1, In verse 23, in this little section, you see there is a confrontation with dehumanizing evil. Somebody's life has been ruined. In chapter 1 in verse 30, and and going on through that section, you you meet families who are disrupted with difficult illnesses. In chapter 1 verse 40, in this next little bit, there's encounters with people who socially are, are placed on the outside. It's like a kind of first-century cancel culture. In chapter 2, in verse 5, there's a man with a very visible disability, but also with, it seems, a very invisible guilty conscience. And you know that kind of feeling, don't you? Sometimes people see the aches and the pains on the outside, but you know the real pain you've got is something on the inside, something that really troubles you. And as you go on this journey with Jesus, you you see how he handles all these things. Travel with Jesus, you see how he deals with them, what following him is going to be like. I heard someone say uh, recently, Jesus Christ has many classrooms. And you know that. You've been in them, haven't you? Church on Sundays. Those of you who are kind of grafted age on Fridays, maybe at Tuesday Central and Tuesday nights, where you've sat and learned Many classrooms where Jesus teaches people, and it's good. But it's not the only way Jesus grows his people. See, as well as classrooms, there's crucibles. The places and situations where the heat and pressure of life is applied. Where Jesus allows faith to be tested and proved, and through which deep lessons are learned. And deep bonds are formed. you felt that people called to follow they they find not only his forgiveness but also that he teaches and connects them deeply with himself and with others and then you think look what does that mean for us here we are on a vision sunday thinking about following jesus we've had challenges there's been COVID, there's conflict in Ukraine, and the impact that's had, there's costs that are rising, there's changes all around the country, and that's just the Cs. and you could fill in all the A to Zs as well, probably for yourself. How are we going to move on together? So God reminds us, God reminds us, Jesus will have to teach us, and he'll want to connect us. Now imagine Some might be thinking, yes, absolutely, there's loads of things I need to learn from the Lord. There's lots of things I want to learn from the Lord. You want to engage more deeply. So you might be thinking, look, how do I grow as a Christian? Maybe I've not been a Christian for very long. I'm I'm wanting to know, what, what does it look like? How should I be changing? What things are meant to be happening as I grow as a Christian? Or you could be thinking something more specific. Look, how do I handle money as a Christian? Yes, the current challenges um, and and rising costs that are coming, but even without that, maybe you've realized, look, I've never really thought much about what Jesus has to say about money. I've generally just had enough and I've spent it. I've never thought he might want to say something about it. How how do I handle money as a Christian? I'm around people now talking about giving to different things. What do I do with that? Or maybe you are thinking, how do I understand the Bible and dig into it more faithfully? There's parts that I find confusing. There's parts I find difficult. Maybe you're looking at our culture and it's the noise and confusion around things like sexuality and gender. It hardly seems that you can turn on the news at all without hearing something about those issues. That's been catching your attention. How are we to think about sexuality and following Jesus? How do you handle that? How do you think about these things? You might be thinking, look, I just want to learn more about this Jesus who died for me. The cross. I feel like I get it, but I suspect there's more. All sorts of things we want the Lord to teach us. And as we we read even the opening of Mark, you, you see Jesus is wanting to do that. That's part of what following him is like. That's how we'll move on together. Of course, it might be you're thinking, what I I feel more in need of is deeper connections with the Lord and others. It's relationships. As church family over the past 18 years. Our numbers have grown. It's a huge blessing. But it brings challenges. It can feel harder to become or stay connected. Uh, We've done a culture review over the past little while amongst our church family. You've heard us talk about that, and we'll be sharing more of the findings in the, in the coming weeks. But part of the feedback we've had from people is, look, arriving at Christchurch, people say the, the welcome is really good, the emails come out, you're invited to welcome suppers, and that's all good. And it seems that if, if you kind of get rooted in within six months, it's really good, you feel part of things. But if for some reason that doesn't happen, we've heard from a few people that you just end up feeling on the edge for a bit longer, and not well connected. There's others who've said, look, we've been here for years. We've grown with the church. We came with the original planting team 18 years ago. But it's always changing. And so we're finding that hard now. Sometimes on Sundays, as we look around, even if you've been here for a long time, you look around and think, lots of good friends have moved on for good reasons. And I I feel like I don't know as many people. So you might be thinking, again, look, can this church family be like a home to me? Or you might be feeling, how... How will those who are new get drawn into deeper relationships and friendships? I guess you could be thinking look, I, I'm here and I'm not sure I'm a Christian yet. Is this a place where I can get to know people and ask some of my questions? Is there a way of, of connecting while I'm still exploring? And even is this church somewhere I can enjoy inviting others? Will it just be a friendly time for them? Will they enjoy coming and being around other friends at church? Now, those two big things, how we're learning and how we're connecting, I wanted to see, as Mark shows us, people following Jesus, learning and being connected, they're not the same thing. They are different things. One is not the other, but they're not separated either. You can think of it this way. Look, one is the context within which the other happens thinking about this, I was remembering in my 20s, I went to live in, in Toxteth in inner city Liverpool. Um, I moved in there, I had a great talk. I used to, I lived on the street that Ringo Starr grew up on. Uh, the magical mystery tour bus used to come past the end of my street every day and tourists would come down the street. It was, it was a fun place to live. But I went into my local corner shop when I moved in there and it was quite an experience because it was filled with all the usual things in a corner shop. Soup and beans, bread, milk, biscuits. But in this shop, everything was behind the counter. And the counter was separated from the rest of the shop by thick perspex. And if you wanted something, you had to ask a member of staff behind the counter in the perspex could have a can of tomato soup, a loaf of bread, some beans, some toothpaste and some mouthwash, those kind of things. <clears throat> I was a single man at the time, you can imagine my shopping. And they passed them through a little, well after you'd paid, they passed them through a little hatch. You know like you get in banks, remember those? They pass your groceries through there. And I thought, this is new. I'd never seen anywhere like this before. And I quickly understood... The area I'd moved into, you work in this shop, you don't know the kind of people who are going to come through the door. They may want to buy something, but they may want to rob you at knife or gunpoint. And then I thought very quickly after that, I'm on this side of the perspex. I'm out here as well. And you may be all smiles and welcome, but if trouble happens, you're not on the same side as me. I'm out here. It's, a, it's an unsettling experience, that, isn't it? But look, if you can keep that in mind and think the other way, because you've discovered, haven't you, as you've come to Jesus, he is not like that. He's not some kind of distant deity dispensing smiles from behind a perspex counter where well, you see the smiles, but really, at the end of the day, you're on your own you come to him as the one who loves you and he died to forgive you and that forgiveness doesn't make you free to go it says you're welcome to stay in a deeply committed way adopted through Jesus to a heavenly father his spirit poured into your spirit so that his life can begin to shape your life connected deeply to him learning deeply of him and his community is meant to reflect that too. So for those of us who think, and look, you know this, Cambridge is a busy, busy place, isn't it? For those of you who think, I want to grow as a Christian, but I don't really have time, so just pass me the things I need. The talk or the book. I've got other things to go to on Fridays or Tuesdays, or lots of my Sundays are busy. You need to know We won't really be learning from the Lord if we're not being drawn into some kind of committed connections with him and his people. And for those who feel maybe slightly the other way, look, I I just want people to be around. There's so much pressure in life. When I'm around church, I want chat and not challenge. Look, you need to know the feeling of being drawn into deeper connections it will only really come if you're learning from the lord when his word begins with others to shape the direction you're going and so for us as a church family for the year ahead if we want to do a kind of our own kind of MOT this is to help us move on together how are you learning from jesus how is he connecting you deeply here And this little leaflet, did you get one of these when you came in? Every year on Vision Sunday, there's usually some kind of little freebie to take away. Every year this comes around, somebody says to me, are we going to get another tea towel? Because I think even before I was at Christchurch, it was probably about eight or nine years ago, they gave a a tea towel, and that has been the high watermark of of freebies on on Vision Sunday. And I'm sorry, we haven't got got a, a tea towel this year, maybe next year, but... This if you like it's the beginnings of our MOT map. It's small enough to fit in your pocket. It's bright enough to catch your attention if you put it on your fridge. And if you want to open up, you open it up this way and then turn turn sort of to the left bit of it where it says explore and connect and you'll open up and it's filled with all sorts of exciting things across the year. It's filled with a number of things we're wanting to do to help one another connect more deeply whether you're just at the beginning of exploring who Jesus is maybe something like Hope Explored would be a great thing to come along to or you've been here for years and you want to keep connected with Jesus and others all sorts of things again in a couple of weeks time we're going to have a a roots of jazz evening here an evening of great music it'd be great fun to just come and enjoy wonderful music hear some of the Christian roots of jazz come be with others bring friends as well and look then, if you close it, here's the magic. If you close it back down, fold it back up, it's not really magic, but you open it again and then turn the other way and, oi, oi, there's a whole load of other stuff. Engage and equip. Look, there's a whole load of other things. I've lost a place in my, my notes. A whole host of, a uh, number of things we're going to do to help one another learn from the Lord. Things we think it would be good for us to think about as a church. None of us will be able to do everything. But all of us, I imagine, will be able to do something. Choose some. And understand this, this little thing here. These things, these are not the destination. No, these are the kinds of things that are here to help us move on together. To be following Jesus. To be learning from him and connected with one another. Who knows where the Lord might lead us? in the year ahead now, those of you in Tuesday Central those of you in Grafted all the rest of us there could be all kinds of exciting things and we want to pray for that because in the direction ahead you don't understand we, we are a church in a sense for Cambridge you understand that we're, we're here because the Lord Jesus wants to have a community of his people in this place following him and reaching out with the good news with your friends at school with the people who sleep rough around the church building and around the streets here, with your skeptical colleagues at work. One of the most encouraging conversations uh, I had in the past few years was a, a couple that joined our church, and I asked them what brought them along. And they said, we were thinking about the kind of people we wanted to be. And we both thought there was something about this guy who I work with. And we found out that he came along to this church, so we thought we'd come and see no, not incredible. I won't mention his name because he'd be embarrassed about it. Because I, I told him this story and he said, I can't understand that. I don't do anything special at work, I was just doing my job. And I, I chat to people and I try and be friendly. But people were watching. Seeing this Christian man just doing his work, wanted to find out more, came along to church here. We're a church for Cambridge because the Lord wants people to find out about him. But we're also a church for the nations. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? You, you can kind of take it for granted because you just say it's a, a Cambridge thing, but on Sundays, in the mornings, in the evenings, you look around at the people Uh, who are here and where they're from and I I made a list and it wasn't even long enough this morning but there's people within our church family from Scotland, Ireland, Wales and England, the United States, Canada, South Africa, France, Portugal, Germany, Poland, Hungary, India, Pakistan, Hong Kong, China, Taiwan, Korea, Japan, Egypt, Australia, Nigeria, Zambia, any others I've missed? Norway, I missed Norway this morning as well, any others? Czech Republic. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? One church family gathering on a Sunday. Now, you begin to think, if I stop thinking, well, it's just Cambridge, and started thinking, I wonder what God's doing. How can we serve the nations with the good news about Jesus? We're a church for the nations. But we're also a church for the future. I don't know if you think much about the floor we're sitting on. You thought much about the floor? Uh, this here—it's a weird building, this, isn't it? You come in the front door and then you come up the stairs, and you know these were the balconies at one point. You think, what has happened to you? Look, if you don't know, it was back in the nineteen seventies. The vicar—I think it was three vicars uh, ago—with uh, the church family then, and um, almost before all of us were here, who thought, let's invest in this building so it's useful to share the good news of Jesus 20, 30, 40 years after we've gone. And here we are, sitting in this place, sitting on this floor, worshiping the Lord, welcoming others, and there's space for all sorts of activities downstairs, for our our graftees, for our children we're in in the mornings. The church family invested for the future. This current church family, I guess, over 10 years ago, invested loads in refurbishing the building, putting in these wonderful glass doors at the front. Maybe you're here because you walked past and you thought, this looks welcoming. People invested in ministry here, not just for themselves, but for you who've come now. We're a church for Cambridge. We're a church for the nations. And we're a church for the future. But only if we're with Jesus. And wonderfully, wonderfully, Mark's gospel, the Lord Jesus says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. And we want to pray that this year we will move on together as a church family, and with the Lord Jesus. Will you pray to that end with me? The music group are gonna come back up now. I think that's right, Matt. Uh, In a moment, we're gonna sing